Man, I had so many people reaching out to me on Twitter. I had the comments on the most recent episode of this show right here. Everybody is saying to me, asking me to weigh in. Mm. PUBG banned in India. Add it to the list. Never mind TikTok. Estimates, 40 million daily users. Big game, big game, PUBG. It's a good game. Everything is heating up, man. Heating up. I said it before. I'll say it again. Heating up. And uh, you just keep increasing this list and things start in India and the band comes in India. Tencent only owns 10%, I think, Mm -hmm. of PUBG, but it doesn't seem to matter because there's the type of behavior caught the government's attention. And of course, it's a trickle effect. I know you're watching this video. You say, well, I'm not in India. What's the big deal? Well, what happened with TikTok? Mm. TikTok banned in India first and all of a sudden Trump got fired up and all of a sudden it's, it's right on your doorstep and you didn't expect it to be there. Is WeChat banned as well? WeChat, we don't really know. WeChat is uh, sort of, it's a sort of ban. It's a sort of, it's on the docket. Mm. It's in there. It's being evaluated and analyzed. PUBG got banned in India with uh, along with a, a list of other apps as well, Chinese apps. It's like tremendous scrutiny right now. There's obviously friction between these two nations. Some level of friction. Mm. Now, Will, I'm on the outside. I'm looking. You understand? But people ask me, they say, look, what are you thinking? And I look at it from the perspective of the the global implications. Something might start there. It might happen there. And then it might go ahead and just march along to the other places and all those other imaginary lines. Mm Mm-hmm. India has banned more than 100 additional apps with linkage to China, including the popular mobile game PUBG, citing cybersecurity concerns. As the tensions escalate, because that border region over there, you know, this ain't a politics show, but it affects the technology, as I was telling you before we rolled. Yes. The border region there, which it was like tension, then maybe we'll shake hands, then nah, tension. Yeah. And it can't help. India's IT ministry ordered to ban 118 apps that it said were, and here's the quotes, prejudicial to sovereignty and integrity of India, defense of India, security of state and public order. Safeguard the interests of tens of millions of Indian mobile and internet users. The decision is targeted to move to ensure safety, security, and sovereignty of Indian cyberspace. Let me just give you a list here, okay? It's not just... PUBG, we have Baidu, we have WeChat, we have Tencent's Weiyun, Rise of Kingdoms game, a, uh, a VPN for TikTok banned, Taobao, video hosting service Yuku, which, or Yuko, Yuku, which I've seen lots of unbox therapy videos on that service, and a news outlet, outlet Cena News. Tons of stuff here. Plenty of users, and I don't even know the sentiment. Hmm. I'm sitting there reading through the tweets, people asking me to comment, and I'm realizing you probably have people on all ends of the spectrum here. If you have 40 million daily users, for, or monthly, 40 million monthly active users in July in India and the game PUBG, you have to assume that some people are going to be upset they can't boot into the game right now. Mm-hmm. You have to assume. Mm-hmm. Then on the flip side... 
you have the other group that's cheering saying, well, we don't want it anyway. Uh-huh. Get it out of town. And it's hard to know what the sentiment actually is. As I mentioned to you, what is the spectrum? When you're now talking about a company 10% owned by Tencent, which comes on the docket, which comes in front of the regulators and is now banned. Mm. What is the threshold? What is this? Again, getting back to the implications here, I understand from a regular user perspective, you're just saying I can't boot up the game. But all of a sudden now, if you're a Chinese firm and you want to invest in companies, those companies are gonna they're gonna apply extra scrutiny saying we don't want to be the next one of this. Mm-hmm. So Tencent comes along and they say, Hey, uh, Willie Do. Tencent comes and says, Hey, Willie Do, we see you got this show over here, it's Lou later. We want to invest. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna give you uh, we just want 10%. No problemo, 10%. Yeah, that's great. And uh, we're gonna help you out. Yeah. You're gonna, we're gonna cut you a check. Don't that's worry. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Next thing you know, Lou later, banned in India. Oh. <laughs> Should have kept the 10%. So I'm saying there's a, you have a little bit of apprehension over there. Uh, and developers in general. Developers. Yeah, yeah you're, if you're building software right now, you have to be aware and cognizant of this. It seems nothing, nobody's safe. Wherever it touches this, this wherever this friction exists it, it can come under the microscope and once it's under the microscope it seems like i just didn't envision the speed at which this has occurred the speed at which we've gone from i don't know i've been making videos on these tech products now for 10 years and up until very recently you could evaluate this stuff sort of independently of the po- po- political situations around the globe and now you can't and now you, if you do get your hands on a Huawei device, you do have to mention, okay, we got problems with the apps or we got problems with the Play stuff. Right. If you do talk about 5G, it's, it's impossible to disconnect the political components. Today, today, I was shooting a video on a smartphone targeted at India. I can't go and install PUBG and rub it in. Mm-hmm. I have to take that into consideration right now mm-hmm. in my daily so as much as it might seem, hey, you're disconnected. Why are you touching on that topic? That topic is the topic. That topic is touching all kinds of places now right. that it wasn't in before. And I said this to you as well before we started shooting. Politics is here for people. It gets people all teams and... Yeah, it can get one-sided. It's, 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 it's very combative. Mm. Politics is not the most friendly, uh, uh, you know... Ring around the rosy type of game here. No, it's it's it can be very polarizing. It can be very combative. In the tech realm, I always try to say, well, you know, keep it open. Uh, it doesn't have to be one brand or this brand. It's the innovation that we're into. And I never, I actually never really had the super strong brand loyalties. I always love try all the different things. Mm-hmm. Keep it open ended. Oh, this is this particular brand's take on the thing. It's a Microsoft product. It's a Samsung product. How many products? I got a OnePlus product right over here. How many products? Mm-hmm. But on the politics, it's far more, it's a line in the sand. Yes. And you got to be one way or the other way. And I also have to understand the limitations of my, my analysis being over here. 
and not being right in the mix of it right now. And here, specifically in Canada, we haven't tasted too much of it. No, we got a lot of freedom. We haven't tasted this restriction in this way, and it's still pretty open-ended, and the information is flowing, for better, for worse. National security, who knows? Yeah. All your stuff's getting tapped right now, Well. So, yeah, it's a, it's a really tough topic. I mean, really, I had to lean on the audience a little bit here. People in the comments have a conversation. Let me know what you think about it. Is it going to get to a point? Is there a certain app that you love? Let's just imagine there's an app you care about so much and you use every single day, and then that one goes, uh-huh. right? Because there seems to be certain apps that are just almost, they make the device, yeah. And I'm not saying PUBG's that. I don't play it every day. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's Fortnite. Fortnite, we had the completely separate issue mm-hmm. between Fortnite and Apple. And there's all this, man, yeah, you're right. If you're a developer right now, it's uh, it's a different, it's murky right now. Mm-hmm. But if that app that happens to be the one that's important to you, that makes the device for you, if that one goes away, then you really, maybe then it touches you in such a fashion where you start to reconsider the sort of closing off of the world and putting these borders over there. Now, this is YouTube, right? YouTube is in, it's in uh, Google and Alphabet. It's an American app, but imagine you had the political tension and I'm not suggesting, and I don't want this to happen, but imagine you had the political tension in such a way. And I guess this is the case in China. People are not watching us on YouTube Mm -hmm. in China right now, Mm -hmm. but imagine that that applied then to India or imagine it applied to Canada. And all of a sudden I can't reach the people because they say, well, we don't have a great political relationship with that particular country where that particular software is originates. And all we're doing is just making videos. Well, us here specifically, we're not gathering. We're on the platform. So it's a tough comparison. Right. Because we're on the platform. I don't know what the platform's doing to you. What, what's being extracted from you and where it's being housed yeah, and it is different. how comfortable you feel about that because there always is a transaction, right? YouTube knows a lot about you as a viewer. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. Ever check the algorithm? How you think it keeps you clicking? What do you think is going on there? Why do you think you're enjoying yourself so yeah. much? you think they know nothing about you, Willie, do? A lot of flight simulators. Yeah. <laughs> Recommended videos. But I, I'm just saying I think everybody probably has an app or a service that that would be the one that they would start to question the thing. And I'm not saying that it's PUBG, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily Fortnite for me, but I don't know what it is for people. If it's Instagram or YouTube, YouTube would be big for me if there was any kind of restriction around it. And uh, But that might be an experience that certain uh, individuals in India might be having right now if they're mega PUBG fans. Yeah, they could have like their own business in PUBG. What if you're like a dedicated streamer for PUBG? Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah, okay. They're, they're getting paid. We were just looking at that Lenovo, the, the gaming, Lenovo gaming phone set up for game streaming yeah. and you would want access to the high profile title because that's what people will want to watch the stream of. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's just gone. It's a good point. And, and well, I mean, TikTok, you could apply the same thing. People yeah. making money on TikTok. Uh, it, for the time being, it appears there's enough other things to do. I'm sure there's other games to play. And I do believe I at least heard, I've heard some noise that people were critical of PUBG anyways in India. People, there's there's a sentiment amongst certain groups that it was too addictive or people were spending too much time. I've read these stories as well. Parents wanted people studying more and they said, turn the PUBG off. It was too addictive. And I mean, the same, you could wager the, the same type of... Uh, you hear you hear similar stuff about Fortnite yes. with, with youngsters. Yep. So 
it's a tough one. It's a game at the end of the day, but uh, ultimately it it's a huge conversation. It's an uh, it's an unlimited conversation seemingly, and it's the one that we're going to have again and again over here. And we're going to wait and see where the chips fall, and we're going to wait for those next apps to get added to the list. And these and politics is going to going to increasingly have a bigger impact on our on our tech than we may have imagined. I may have imagined when I started in this realm. Mm. But I do want to hear from uh, the audience in the comments section how big of a deal this is to them and where they land. Mm. Are they glad that PUBG is gone? Do they feel safer and more secure? Is this a decision that they support? Or are they missing PUBG and wishing they could still play it right now? Mm. We got to wait and see what the people say on that. Uh, in a similar territory, similar department here, Russia apparently is thinking about forcing Apple to reduce its App Store commission. Once again, different places, different policies. Uh, supposedly inspired by the ongoing dispute between Epic and Apple, as well as Facebook and Apple. We have some potential legislation in, in Russia, in the Russian parliament here, to not only cap the commission for stores like Apple's App Store, but also cap the commission for Google Play and also potentially make it possible for other app stores to be installed on these devices mm. that you can't have in only, only one app store, that there should be other options, which kind of supports Epic's idea with their... Uh, I guess on Android there are other stores. You have the, Samsung has a store on Android. Yep. So they're there. This would be mostly an iOS thing. Uh, here's the quote: In recent weeks, the conflict between developers and owners of the so-called marketplaces, application stores, has only grown. Apple's conflict with Epic Games, Facebook's attempt to inform users about Apple's imputed tax, all of this led me to believe that the problem could be resolved through legislation. And it's quite simple. To oblige the current monopolists, I believe that's the term he's using to describe Apple, to allow the installation of third-party app stores on mobile devices and along the way to reduce the size of the commission to at least 20% and introduce contributions to the fund to support developers. So this is kind of odd to see this coming out of Russia specifically, but this is going to come under increasing scrutiny in a number of different regions that are inspired by the conversation happening in the United States and want to reassess how they govern this. I mean, there's been all there's been anti antitrust stuff in Europe. Yeah, they're still mad about Google's acquisition of Fitbit in Europe. Uh, every places can set up their own uh, restrictions mm -hmm. and, and and their own legislation to deal with how these mega corps and these giant the tech giants operate. Could it set a precedent? Possibly. I don't know how many are following uh, Russia's lead when it comes to legislation, uh, but sure, it could set a precedent. Other countries could look at it and say, well, look, they successfully did it over there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the question is how Apple would respond. The question is if Apple was, if this became a requirement to do business in, in Russia, would Apple oblige? They've obliged in some places. They've mm -hmm. made changes in some places to do business, but they could also just say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. It's up to them, I suppose. Mm -hmm. I don't know what percentage of their revenue is derived from Russia, but you, you mean they'd have to look at it. Mm -hmm. But interesting nonetheless. Apparently, Samsung's doing all right, though, in his 
current atmosphere, some suggesting their shares could rise by as much as 50%. Their chip business is getting a big boost, Willie Do, because of that news that came out yesterday with the new NVIDIA stuff. They're going to be using Samsung to manufacture. They're going to be uh, using Samsung's foundry for oh. the chip manufacturing. And that could be worth, this article suggests that could be worth, I think, a billion bucks. So this is new to them? Like NVIDIA made the deal with them for this chip? NVIDIA said its next generation gaming chip will be manufactured by the South Korean electronics giant. I suppose that they were using somebody else in the past, or maybe they were using Samsung in a more limited fashion, but it appears to be some sort of a exclusive deal going on here. Uh, new orders for Samsung's chip manufacturing operations or foundry, next-generation smartphone launches, and a recovery in memory pricing next year are factors behind the analysts' optimism. Yes, here we go. So Samsung is going to be assuming some of what companies like TSMC would have been doing previously. Uh, let's see what it says here. For SEC, that's Samsung Electronics, we maintain our positive view as we expect a favorable memory market environment in 2021, new foundry opportunities, and attractive valuation compared with its peers such as TSMC. So NVIDIA put out those new RTX cards, and people, of course, will, as you're aware, given the new, well, the landscape of the world and people staying home and so forth, gaming is doing incredible. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I'm seeing a tremendous amount of hype around this 3000 stuff, the new RTX stuff, yep. and around titles that are coming out, renewed interest in the upcoming consoles. Gaming appears to have a, a resurgence. Yes. Not that it ever went anywhere, but it's just a lot of excitement right now. And if that excitement translates for NVIDIA and their next generation cards and they move a tremendous and the demand is there and Samsung is associated with that, well, now you can see why investors and analysts might be bullish on Samsung. But of course, it doesn't end there because Samsung does other things. They do the storage and, oh, I I almost forgot. They do this, Will. They do this and they do this well. Mm -hmm. That's the new folding device, which it appears people are relatively excited about. And they don't have too much competition there. Sure, we can cite the, as I did in a, in a recent later episode, we can look at the Microsoft product, but Huawei is increasingly having issues, especially on the export market outside of China. Who knows what's happening with their folding stuff? And then who right. else do you have? I guess Motorola, but they take a different approach. Right. And yeah, so Samsung's taking over. Samsung continues for people to be a, well, it's a sort of safe haven, isn't it? The South Korean it company. Is, yeah. No restrictions and premium devices. And now also in India with the restrictions on what well, you saw, what we talked about with the software and the slowdowns on the imports for the Chinese brands on the assembly front. Mm. Well, hey, we're Samsung. Well, yeah, we'll do some assembly over there in India. No problem. Yeah, we'll get that M series going for you. We'll work with uh, Microsoft and Xbox, you know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Google. maybe we'll just partner Let's with everyone because we're friendly. Yeah. It's South Korean. You see how it goes. We got the K-pop. You see how it goes. We'll make a deal with the BTS on the unboxing video. Yeah. Never mind the unbox therapy. We got BTS. Yeah, forget him. Get that guy, please. Shouting and whatnot. So anyway, cool. people say they, say they say it's looking up for Samsung and so it's weird how that works, man. The marketplace goes one way. Mm -hmm. Somebody loses. Somebody wins. 
up until recently, as as Huawei was was sort of uh, ascending, it, it, their premium stuff was starting to seem really comparative to Samsung's premium stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, bam, whoosh. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, yeah, probably too risky to consider that, especially in the Western markets where you need that Play Store. Once the Play Store went, it was tough, man. Oh, yeah. It was t now who's playing against Samsung in the premium space? Who's playing against Samsung right here? That's why I want to know who's playing against Samsung. I understand maybe not everybody's in the market. Is these are expensive devices, but it's tough right now. I mean, Apple's there. Apple's always going to be there, but they don't have anything like that. Right. I'm not saying it's going to be a big market mover, but they're definitely ahead on that in some way. Yes. As far as putting out something unique, they're ahead on that. Amazon drivers are hanging phones in trees to get more deliveries. I know, it's very strange. I had difficulty. I had to double take that as well. I was like, how does that help? Well, apparently Amazon's dispatch, first of all, just to give you a back background here, tons of Amazon deliveries going on recently, and they're, and they're rapid. They happen fast. It's almost like a kind of like an Uber effect or a, or a DoorDash type of scenario where uh, you have these contractors essentially they're and they're waiting for jobs mm. right in the same way oh somebody ordered the food okay cool i'll go mm. pick it up i'll bring it there same way with packages huh. now the way these things are distributed is it would send out a request for a potential delivery to drivers that are close to the distribution where the distribution's coming from well of course it's hard for a person to sit there all day when they're just doing jobs on and off and and all the rest. So people try to figure out ways to game it. These huh. delivery guys who they can you can make a fair amount of money doing this. It's called Amazon Flex and it lets drivers make deliveries in their own cars. Amazon's dispatch system detects which drivers are closest to a pickup location. You get an alert on your phone, come do the pickup, but you have a limited amount of time to say yes or no before the next person gets the job. Mm -hmm. So what they try to do to game the system is they set up a bunch of phones as relay points nearby the dispatch center so they can get a ping even if they're not nearby. And I'm going to go one step further on the craziness of this. Apparently, once the job is acquired, there's like a reselling that goes on of the job. So the job might be worth 18 bucks. And the dude who set up the gig to get the ping in the first place, he could sell the job for 10 bucks, keep eight, never move a muscle. Right. And, and also sell the job, I don't know why, but it was suggested in the article to somebody who might not have a license or meet other certain requirements to be able to be a member of Amazon Flex. Oh, I see. Yeah, like pay them under the table kind of thing. You see where I'm going here. So they hide the phones near the distribution center. They hang them, actually hang them in a tree near the distribution center. People have taken photos. Some suggest that Amazon frowns upon it. Others say Amazon knows the game's going on and they kind of let people get away with it. I, you can probably find a picture. I selected this Engadget article, but you can probably find a picture if you look real quick. Just type Amazon drivers, tree, phones, trees. See, you see how that works, Will? Just get those keywords. Yeah, look, see, so there's images, bizarre images of phones hanging in trees that some have photographed. It's very strange, but man, talk about 2020 times, Will, where you're just walking down the street, you see a tree full of phones, you just walk, you just keep walking. In no, no, I would, you know. No, you don't, Will, you don't ask questions. <laughs> you don't know who's running this rig. It's, uh, 
Some phone picking. Yeah, you don't know what they got on the line. It's a crazy workaround for Amazon. Amazon's rules, but you got to love human ingenuity. Mm-hmm. I mean, assuming it's legal and no one's being hurt. I, maybe somebody is getting hurt. I don't know. Uh, Porsche is selling so many Taycans that it's actually borrowing workers from Audi to up the production. They wow. got to go down the road to the other facility and just be yeah. like, can we can we get a few guys over? It's too busy over there. Uh, they're getting like around four, yeah, 400 employees from Audi for at least two years. Oh, wow. These, uh, the demand for the Taycan is, is much higher than they originally expected. When they began taking orders in 2018, they, uh, they had goals for between 20 and and 40,000. Oh, from 20 to 40,000. So they thought it was going to be about 20,000 units. And then it turns out they need to make 40,000 units. So they go down the street and they get the employees from Audi. Now, of course, it's not like they're going to some uh, uh, unfriendly company here. It's part of the same family, you know. Yeah. Porsche, uh, what is VW in there? Audi, they're all pals. Yeah. But what I like about this story, it showcases the interest, Will, in the EV marketplace, even for the traditional brands where they think the demand's going to be one place, and then it's a totally different place. People right. are very interested in the EV future and getting pumped about uh, cars all over again, cars becoming tech. We have, uh, obviously, uh, the Taycan. The, we have the success of Tesla. We have uh, Jaguars putting has the I-Pace. Volvo has Polestar. Audi has e-tron. Lucid Air, who we're going to talk about a little bit later in the show, and then which one am I forgetting? Well, all the electric trucks that are coming out, yeah. and now we have evidence that I mean, this what's 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 interesting about the Taycan is that it's a very expensive vehicle. It starts at a hundred grand, so this is not your average. You can understand why their estimates would be low because it's a premium mm-hmm. premium price tag to go with it. But if Tesla's any indication. Things start there, and then it can trickle down. Right. Uh, the same thing. Tesla started with the expensive with the Model S, and then, well, the Model X was still expensive. But then you had the three, and then you had the Y. Yep. And things become more affordable. And I think even uh, Porsche is putting out a more affordable, some more affordable versions. And then they have the others, the sub brands. You're gonna see it in VW. You'll see it in Audi and whatever else. Exciting. Yeah, exciting times. Electric vehicles. Speaking of vehicles, here's a weird one. Did you even did you probably there's no way you knew this. Land Rover has a phone. Did we talk about this before? The Land Rover phone. Anyway, they apparently they upgraded. It's called the Explore R. It's designed for outdoor enthusiasts. I don't know. Do you do you have to have a Land Rover to get one of these? It would be very strange to have a Land Rover phone, yeah. no Land Rover. Yeah. What was that called? A poser? <laughs> yeah, that might be what that is. Uh, anyways, they have uh, built upon what they're calling the toughest phone in the world by releasing an updated version of the Explore smartphone, this time called the Explore R. But the thing is, I go through and read the thing, and I'm not super impressed. Yes, it you can drop it multiple times from 1.8 meters. Yes, it's waterproof at up to 1.5 meters at depth at 1.5 meter depths for 35 minutes. Yes, it's completely dust and sandproof, but then you look at the other specs and you're like 5.7 inch HD plus display. All right. 3,100 milliamp hour battery. All right. Four gigs of RAM, 64 gig storage. All right. You see? Yeah. 
Now, it's not the most expensive thing in the world either at 534 USD. It's just, it's kind of a weird product. I have a hard time figuring out what to make of it. It has expandable storage. I would assume, Will, it's some sort of off-the-shelf device that they just like ruggedized and put a Land Rover badge on it. Yeah. I can't imagine they spent all that much time on it, but it does have military specifications. And maybe if you're a Land Rover super fan, you have yourself an Explore R that you, maybe you don't even use it. Maybe you just keep using your, your whatever smartphone you have and then you just keep that one. Just have that on the dash. And on the dash. Yeah. Just for the full Land Rover fandom. Does this uh, give you the vibes of Land Rover? Is no. Is like a... No, not at all. It gives me the vibes of a phone from 2007. I, I, Vin used to have a phone look exactly... Yeah. Huge forehead, huge chin. It, it looks like an iPhone SE mm. or something. It looks outdated. I don't really understand it, but hey, man, when it comes to the car fanatics and a particular brand they get associated with, uh -huh. you can buy everything, the hats and keychains and yeah. shoes and wallets and headphones I've seen. Hmm. So you can't underestimate the fandom. And if you want to buy it almost like Land Rover merch, well, you have at it. Mm -hmm. And next up, we have a more comprehensive look at that 2021 S-Class, which I showed you a little while ago car and driver they went inside now they checked out all the technology in there and it's actually pretty impressive man it's all kinds of cool stuff you have the giant display which has now been turned into portrait mode and almost all the buttons are gone for better for worse whatever you wanted oh. it's in the display now oh and yeah that's very cool it, the way that the screen merges onto the side panel here. it's all one giant unit and apparently it's very responsive. They upgraded the processing. They made it so that it can tell which driver is in the driver's seat using facial recognition or biometrics through a fingerprint scan. And it will then, of course, engage all of your settings. If you share the car with somebody else, it knows who you are. The display behind the steering wheel is actually 3D. You can toggle it off, but apparently it has some kind of crazy 3d functionality the lighting is crazy as well around the entire there's a section in this video where he turns the the heat on on the passenger side and that led light that's just above the display goes red oh. to indicate that that side of the car is heating huh. there's cool. speakers inside the headrest will so you can hear turn-by-turn -turn navigation that doesn't disturb the other passengers in the car you know how it can be loud? You're listening to music or a podcast and turn left now. And everybody yeah. in the car, geez, man, killing the vibe over here. Yeah. Well, this one, it just pumps the sound in from the headrest. So only the driver needs to hear that turn-by-turn -turn navigation. So tremendous number of luxury features in here, which is what you would come to expect with the S-Class. And they've gone ahead and modernized it. And I think it needed an update as well to meet with the times, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a lot of cool features and functions. You can go check it out for yourself. Of course, it's got all the things, the wireless charging and everything is touchscreen now. It's a 12.8-inch OLED infotainment touchscreen closer to the driver. It's a whole new, what they call MBUX infotainment system to make selecting features quicker. It's, uh, it's a lot of OLED in there, I'll tell you what. So I'm pretty, I think it's pretty cool. You know that if you scroll down, Will, yeah, the, actually that's another thing I should mention, the the holographic display yeah what do they call it augmented reality no heads up the heads up display i love the way you see the way the arrow 
Oh yeah. Does that when you go around these uh, you know, complicated bends and whatnot to to help you know which way the nav is really telling you you have to go or when you have to turn? It's really advanced, man. That's some pretty cool stuff. Now, also, if you scroll down to the next one, the 360 camera, which I think maybe you have to go a little further down. Am I crazy? How far down am I here? Where's the 360? Oh, you went past it. It's up up a little bit more. The 360 camera one. Yeah, look at this. To see the car in space when you're trying to park or something? Yeah. That's incredible. It was so detailed. It's all stitched up. And I've seen versions of this, obviously, on other cars, but this one, I mean... It's very detailed and it's stitched together very well, as you mentioned. So you're not going to crash or dent your S-Class after you spend way too much money on it. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, we, ha we finally have, you remember we shared this clip. It was like a preview clip of the Lucid Air vehicle drag racing against the Tesla Model S. And people had a lot of questions. Oh, what are they really showing us? They, people knew that the Lucid Air was going, or uh, they knew that it was going to be fast. But they didn't know how fast because they saw this clip and then they were arguing, well, which, which Tesla is that and all the rest of it. Well, now they came out with their own official video here showcasing a quarter mile run at an insanely impressive 9.9 .9 seconds for a large a luxury vehicle. I don't know if you remember the old Fast and the Furious days, Will. You talk about a 10 second car. NOS. Yeah, you used to need NOS for that and Vin yeah. Diesel. Yeah. You need all that stuff. Now all you need is an electric luxury vehicle with a purported 517-mile range. You take it on a road trip or you take it on a drag strip, and you're comfy with all the comfort and the rest of it. So you can click the play button on that. They call it the world's quickest production sedan. It's on a Sonoma raceway over here. Of course, there's got to be a Model S next to it. Thing goes boogieing down the runway there. Quarter mile time clocks 9.9 .9 seconds. As I mentioned, man, that's in old days, you need a real race car to achieve that. Well, it ain't the old days anymore. They got the sub 10 second time. Now, I don't know if they put different tires or what they did to tweak it for this particular race, mm. but it's impressive stuff nonetheless. And uh, much like I said earlier, a lot of hype around the EVs. And this is one way to get the hype going, Will, mm -hmm. with up to 1,080 horsepower available in dual-motor all-wheel drive package. The Lucid Air Dream Edition achieves quarter-mile times as low as 9.9 .9 seconds on a consistent basis, making it the world's quickest production sedan. This performance is wrapped in an uncompromisingly luxurious package, offering wow. room for five passengers with class-leading interior and storage space. I'm excited based on how loud you said it. <laughs> I don't know. Did I, I don't know why I got angry though. <laughs> anyway, it looks very impressive. It's another one to add to the list if you're looking for that dream vehicle, which is probably the reason they called it the Dream Edition. Oh. You want to go and uh, beat some Tesla vehicles off the line, claim supremacy. I mean, it's crazy at this point. They're all so fast anyway. Mm -hmm. And you know Elon's not sleeping. He's sitting there plaid version this and that. Yep. He's ready to respond. So exciting time. Samsung showed off a new Galaxy A-series device without a price, but it does look pretty stylish and sleek. And they also showed off, what's interesting to me, this uh, new wireless charging station, which is kind of what Apple was uh, working on for a while there. Then it went to bed, and then maybe they'll do it after all in the long run. But it is mm. the charge pad, the dream charge pad, mm. which will uh, 
take care of all your various devices if you choose to be a part of the Samsung ecosystem, if you choose to be a part of the Mystic Bronze ecosystem. Mm. Why didn't they make it Mystic Bronze? I don't know, man. Everything is about... It started with rose gold. Color. It started yeah. with rose gold, and then everything had to be some sort of... Is that pink? I don't know. Metallic? Is it gold? I don't know. Yeah. Everything went that direction. But anyways, this charge pad looks capable of charging up your Galaxy device with, with wireless charging, of course. Your Buds Live, again, Mystic Bronze. And I don't even know which version of Galaxy Watch are we on right now. Oh, uh, what is that one? Are they going to tell us? They aren't going to tell us, Will. Not in this article. Find it. I haven't messed with a Samsung Galaxy Watch in a long time, actually. It's been a minute, as the, the kids say. 3. It's the Watch 3, Will yeah, says. That's the new one. You can hold them. Is it, is it available in Mystic Bronze? That's all I want to know, Will, because that one looks like it's black, actually. Yeah. And I don't think it's 2020 if I can't get I don't Mystic think it's black. Mystic black and mystic Maybe it's silver. Just, uh, this is Canadian. Yeah, how Those dare you go to yeah. yeah, you need to get that mystic bronze going. Anyways, whichever galaxy watch you it is that you have, this charge pad is going to be capable of supporting all your devices. And you can it's a leg up, I guess, that Samsung has on Apple currently that you can charge. You can have your whole family charge at the same time. Mm. And I think Apple's gotta put it out. Hopefully they do very soon. Because it's a key component, Will, in your relationship mm -hmm. within your walled garden ecosystem, mm -hmm. whichever one you want to be a part of. You got to charge your things and you want them all to charge in the same place, don't mm -hmm. you? They're calling it true, uh, they're, no, they're calling it Trio Wireless. That's going to be the name of their charge station. Uh, I got a story on Dr. Disrespect here. I just realized there was no closure ever when he kind of went off Twitch. We covered it and talked about it a couple of times and waited. And people said, I know why he got banned. And he said, I don't know why I got banned. And we tried to follow the news. So I thought it was worth some kind of an update here because he did put out a video saying that his Twitch ban is causing him anxiety. And that's not really typically in the character of the Dr. Disrespect thing to yeah. uh, to suggest that there's any weakness at all i don't yeah. wouldn't call i wouldn't call Very being uh, having anxiety a weakness but you know what i'm saying yeah. it's a lot of bravado yes you gotta be actually the truth is you gotta be real tough to talk about your anxiety problems yeah maybe yeah. that's the angle he's going for but he seems sincere in it as much as you can be when you're in character so he went on there and kind of said hey this is still I still don't understand. I still don't know why I was banned from Twitch. It's okay. I know I'm here on YouTube, but he said I'm getting this anxiety in, in giant waves mm. uh, that's coming because I can imagine that feeling of uncertainty be a pretty mm -hmm. major thing. when, If you truly don't know why you were banned and you had this tremendous, tremendous success on a platform, you're just sitting there waiting for the hammer to drop, for somebody to say. You don't know what people, right. what the accusations really are. No. It's almost worse than knowing. And he even kind of suggests that in this uh, short video saying, hey, I've made mistakes in the past and I came out and made amends and I apologized or whatever. In some ways, it's worse to not know what you're being accused of because you can't come out and put it to rest. Mm. And it just remains there and sits there on your shoulders. He also kind of references his inability to play with certain people since they're on Twitch and they oh. can't really play with him anymore because he's banned off the platform and I guess it would put them in jeopardy to do so, I assume. Now they could go to YouTube to play with him, but their audiences are on Twitch. You understand mm -hmm. the difficulty in that. Mm -hmm. But anyway, he continues to say that he does not know 
why he was banned. And I find that just incredible mm. that he still does not know why he was banned, especially since other people, reporters in the space are saying they know. And people supposedly familiar with the matter are saying they know. Why isn't there more of like a uproar for this ban? Like, right. Because it, in actuality, I mean, if Twitch really didn't like someone, you know, they can actually have them kicked off, right? Without any reason or without disclosing it. Oh, oh right? I see. Having that kind of power. Yeah. So, so, okay. Are you suggesting that he should be putting more pressure on Twitch? suing them or something yes but also like the the twitch fan but isn't that scary well. isn't that scary to go after somebody like twitch i mean it's huge it is scary but isn't it the right thing to do yeah i i, I see what you're saying if, if you're a fan you would you'd assume that the fans would want a little bit more closure on the thing as well yeah i think it helps that he's on youtube they get they get to go watch him there and he didn't didn't just simply evaporate maybe if he had a state completely off then people would have really started to get the pitchforks going to figure out what was going on but it's it remains one of the strangest bands yes it's almost always if somebody gets banned from something the platform feels it necessary to let the community know why that happened and i find it to be very odd mm -hmm. that they're not doing that and it makes me question Twitch as well. Do they yeah. have good enough reason, as you mentioned? Yeah. Or are they hiding something themselves? You can't help but ask and wonder that. Mm -hmm. Or are they protecting him in some way or protecting someone who was affected or impacted That's in some way? Well. It's so many yeah. questions and your mind can go anywhere in the absence of knowing the real reason. And, I'm, and as is evidence here in this video, his mind is going everywhere. He says, my anxiety levels are something that comes in these huge waves. And I think it's uh, sincere. He says, again... His quote, I'm having a hard time dealing with it, I'll be honest. Mm. Again, that's not really necessarily in character. Could it be part of the whole show? Maybe. But uh, it would be a tough position to be in, no doubt about it. Are you a League of Legends guy, Will? No. No. Are I you, know about you it. You heard about it before? Yeah. I heard, it's a it's a I heard it's a popular game. Maybe it's even a hit. Yeah, yeah. some would say. A couple people play that game for big money, sir. I don't know. It's not that Dota money from the recent no, thing, no. but they play that game for big money anyway. They uh, teamed up with Jordan Brand for a 2020 World Championship inspired Air Jordan 1 Zoom. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. A League of Legends Jordan mm -hmm. shoe. Limited edition, I assume. What does it say here? Over 100 million viewers during 2019's Worlds alone. Uh, so, yeah, kind of popular, Will. Uh, the game, Ooh, League yeah. of Legends. Kind of popular, Will. Get with the times here. Riot Games. I get Riot owns League of Legends. They enlisted the help from Jordan Brand to craft this Air Jordan 1 inspired by the first place trophy. So this is kind of, uh, it's a little luxurious, colorful accents. You have uh, a metallic kind of look, again, like a trophy. I don't know how you buy this thing. It's uh, We're expected to get further imagery once the 2020 Worlds start at the end of the month. So they're not on sale yet? I can't check StockX or something? I don't think you can pick this up yet, Willie, dude. And I don't know what kind of price this thing would go for. I mean, it's getting crazier with the with the sneaker culture. Yeah, that's true. What, what you can pay for this kind of stuff. It could be 2Gs. I don't know. Yeah. Remember we saw the Dior one the other day? What yeah, was, it was what? like 20, 30 grand. Or was anything? it 20, 30 grand? Yeah. 
for a certain size that you might want to get. So I don't know what this one will be marked up for. You can assume that there'll be collectors that want to have this thing. Uh, for the time being, we just have this image to go off of. We'll get more soon. But yeah, if you're a League of Legends super fan, that might be worth something to you, especially if it's limited, as I assume it will be.